0: It was a good question that we had before in the Vox Pops about have you ever quit anything? Uh, because you know, this talk that we're gonna look at is all about uh, whether or not you are a quitter, whether or not you're the kind of person who starts something and doesn't finish it. And I am that kind of person. I regularly start things and don't finish them. I might, you know, start a blog, which I think will be great and then nothing ever happens with it. Or I'll start a new Instagram account, which I think would be funny. And then, you know, I do that for a little bit and it disappears. Like that's, I, I'm a good starter and not a very good finisher. And something that I've always kind of, you know, desired uh, for a, pretty much my entire life is to be really buff, to have excellent muscles. So like, even when I was like five years old, I remember I was like, I just want to be strong. It would be great. So I was trying to figure out a way to get lots of muscles as a five-year-old. And, uh, and one of the things that I, I knew was that uh, ballet dancers were really strong because ballet dancers, like the guys have to spend a lot of time like lifting women into the air. And I was like, that would make you strong. I'm going to do that. So I went and signed up for ballet as a five-year-old And I did two weeks of ballet and then uh, my teacher left. Uh, not, may or may not have been because of me, I don't know, but she left and then a new teacher came in and then she was like, all right, we're gonna learn some stuff. And I was like, yeah, let's learn some stuff and get buff. She was like, I'm gonna teach you tap dance. I'm like, what? I was like, I cannot see a clear path from tap dancing through to looking like Superman. And so I quit. So that was the end of my ballet career. Uh, which is a shame because, you know, I, I could have been an awesome ballerina, I suspect, but that never happened. Uh, but I, I didn't lose the desire to get really muscly. So, you know, throughout my life, I tried different things. I tried lifting, you know, cans of baked beans <laughs> that I found in the, the cupboard. That's not even a joke. I tried that for a bit. But then I'm like, baked beans aren't that heavy. <laughs> so I put them back. And, but then, uh, like a few years ago, I was like, all right, I've really got to knuckle down on this. I'm, I'm going to go to the gym. So I went to the gym And the the personal trainer I met, his name was Ben. I was like, hello, Ben. He was like, hello, Tom. He was like, what do you want to achieve? And I was like, oh, I would like some, some bigger muscles. And he was like, oh yeah, do you want to look like me? And I was like, yeah, you look pretty good. And he was like, you can't, it's too much work. You don't want to put in that much work. I was like, okay. No worries then, he's like, but I'll give you something. So so he was like, you know, you like lift these weights and do these exercises. So I did them, I lifted the weights and I did some running, I did some ab crunches. And at the end of my first session, I was like, yeah, I'm huge. This is great. I kind of walked back to my house like this, oh, so strong. And then I came back a few days later and I was ready to do some more. And then I could, I could lift less weight. I was like, I'm meant to be getting stronger and this is much harder than it was before. This is st- weird. And then I went away and then I came back a third time and I was even less strong. I was weaker than I was before. I like, tried the weights I'm like, oh my goodness, just the bar is heavy. How can I do this? This is the worst. And then as I was walking home from the gym that day, I was dark and I stepped in some mud. And I was like, oh no. And then I kept going. And then the, for the fourth gym time, I was like, time to go to the gym. And then I was like, oh, but there's mud on my shoes. Guess I can't go to the gym. (laughs) And I never went back. (laughs) And the mud is still on my shoes. I quit, I quit, because it's too hard. I'm too lazy. And um, surprise, surprise, I don't have huge muscles yet. But one day, (laughs) I will be in heaven. (laughs) And I will have my resurrection body, which I assume comes with huge muscles. Now, we probably all know this feeling of people who we start something, but we don't finish it. Uh, and in, in this passage, Jesus is talking about being people who are not just starters of following him, but finishers, that we go all the way through. And this is really um, interesting because the way that Jesus talks here is he isn't, he isn't like a particularly good evangelist. Like we had a talk uh, last night about, you know, how you know, we can follow Jesus and He has come and died and rose again so that we might be forgiven. And it was a great talk and you are given the opportunity to respond to Jesus. And this is the kind of talk that we often have at different Christian events. And sometimes, you know, people, you know, work really, really hard to get people to become Christians. There's someone growing up in Christian land. I went to a lot of these talks and heard a lot of these talks. And sometimes people will be like, you know, if you want to put your trust in Jesus, then just come on down the front and we'll pray with you or something and then sometimes people will just go a little bit further, like you know, if you if you just feel really good things about Jesus, come on down the front and become a Christian, it'll be great. Come on down. It's like, you know, what you know, if you don't even feel good things, if you can spell Jesus, come on down the front and become a Christian. Everyone is welcome. Look, if you're in the room and you and you can picture a picture of Jesus in your head then you are saved congratulations welcome to the kingdom hooray and then it was like yeah we don't know why we're clapping but people people are really like just like just get everyone into the kingdom and following jesus as much as we can but here jesus is like you do not want to follow me it is the worst like look at what he says He says, if anyone comes to me and does not hate father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even your own life, such a person cannot be my disciple. And whoever does not carry their cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. He's saying, if you do not hate your family, you can't follow me. If you're not willing to die, you can't follow me. Now, we talked a little bit yesterday about our relationship with our family. And what Jesus isn't saying here is that you guys should go home and be like, Mom, Dad, I hate you. And little sister, I hate you. You're the worst. Don't do that. Now, what Jesus is saying, uh, he's saying here is that the way that you relate to, to Him compared to them is that your love for Him has to be so great that everything else looks like hate. And the way that you make decisions, that sometimes it will seem like you hate your family. Like you don't, you love your family, but, but the, the contrast between your commitment to Jesus and the rest of your relationships is going to be stark. And if you're not committed to doing that, then he's saying, don't follow me. He's saying, if you aren't, even, if you aren't committed enough to be willing to die for Jesus, if you aren't committed enough to be willing to put to death your sin, To put to death those things in you which you love, those things which may be drawing you away from Jesus, then don't follow Him. That's what Jesus is saying here and that's a big deal. And so He's telling us that we need to weigh up the cost of following Him because it can cost us a lot and if we aren't prepared to pay that cost, we shouldn't start following Him. Look at the next thing that Jesus says uh, from verse 28. He says, suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Won't you first sit down and estimate the cost to see if you have enough money to complete it? For if you lay the foundation and are not able to finish it, everyone who sees it will ridicule you saying, this person begun to build and wasn't able to finish. And what Jesus is saying there is that if you're going to follow Him, make sure that you can finish. Because you don't want to be like that person who starts a building project and then they lay the foundation and then they run out of money and then everyone looks at the building project and what should have been this great monument to your success becomes a monument to your failure. Because everyone's like, there is the, the person who could only afford the foundation. And if you are the person who starts following Jesus, but then you give up halfway through, then your commitment to Jesus will just be a monument to your failure to see things through. It will be a reminder to you and other people that you committed yourself to Jesus, but you didn't make it all the way. So before you start following Jesus, he's saying, you need to make sure that you can finish. Because Jesus doesn't just want starters, he wants finishers. When I was uh, about your age, I was in, I think I was in year nine, uh, so some of exactly some of your ages, Uh, I went on this camp and the speaker got up and she said, Uh, in 10 years, only 10% of you will still be following Jesus. I was like, wow, that's pretty small. And so I was like, I don't want that to be me. So I went home and I sat down at the table and I got myself a piece of paper and uh, I grabbed some whiteboard markers. I don't know why we had whiteboard markers at my house, but we did, maybe because we're a family who loves brainstorming. I don't know. Anyway, but uh, we had the white markers and I made this uh, sign. And on it, I wrote, um, this was in 1997, just because this is important. Uh, on it, I wrote, where will you be uh, in 2007? And so the question was, for me, it was like, are you going to last the 10 years? Are you going to be part of that 10%? And so I got that sign and I stuck it on the back of the bathroom door so that I would see it every day, uh, unless I was having a bad day and I'd see it multiple times a day, but I'd see it there and it'd be a reminder to me that I I had to keep following Jesus. And then uh, a few years in, uh, the sign graduated out of the bathroom to the back of the front door so everyone in the family could see it and we could all be challenged, are you gonna keep following Jesus? And then by 2007, uh, I was still following Jesus. I was working in a church and I was helping other people come to know Jesus as well. And it wasn't because of the sign, like the sign wasn't a magical sign, but it was a reminder that I had to be committed to Jesus day in and day out. That I had to keep paying the cost of following Jesus day in, day out. That I can't just say, oh, I'm a Christian and then, then leave it. No, this takes commitment. And for you guys to keep following Jesus, it's gonna take commitment. As someone who has been working with teenagers for a long time, I have seen a lot of groups like you. I've spoken on a lot of camps and what often happens after camp is that people will go on camp and they'll have a great time and you guys might be feeling like this at the moment. You're like, camp has been amazing and I love Jesus, He is the best. And when I get home, my life is going to be completely different to how it was before I came to camp. I'm going to read my Bible every day. I'm going to pray all the time. I'm going to do everything to follow Jesus properly. I'm only going to listen to Hillsong and Young and Free, and City of Light, and worship music. That is it, that's all I'm gonna to listen to. Everything else I am not listening to because I love Jesus. I'm gonna to go to church all the time. I'm gonna to go to my lunchtime Christian group at school. It's gonna be great. And when I'm old enough, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna get a tattoo on my back, a big tattoo of me and Jesus and Justin Bieber holding hands <laughs> under a rainbow. It's gonna be fantastic. That is what I'm gonna do. And you're that committed to Jesus. And then you get home from camp and you find that immediately things start going wrong. Your mum and dad are annoying and your brother and sister get in the way and your Bible is stuck at the bottom of your bag and you just want to go to sleep. And, And little by little, your commitment kind of drops off until you get to the next time to come on camp, which for you guys will be in summer, And you're back to exactly where you were before you came on camp. Because you have this commitment, but you don't follow through. The question is, are you guys going to be people who keep following Jesus? That you aren't people who just start, but you're also people who finish. Because Jesus doesn't just want starters, he wants finishers. What are you going to do to make sure that you keep following him? Well, The truth is that you can do it. It's possible. It's possible to be able to pay the price of following Jesus day in, day out, to be able to afford to build that tower, to be able to afford to keep following Jesus. But the way that you do that, the way you pay that price is the same way that you afford anything. I'm going to give you a really important life lesson here, which is boring but helpful. If you ever want to afford anything big, you need money. That's not the life lesson, but to be able to, to, be able to have that money, you, you need to save money. You need to have savings. You need to put deposit money. I, I know that's a big deal, um, but often, you know, before we learn this, we're just like, yeah, I can afford stuff. I got, I, I'm just going to get money. And that just doesn't happen. Little by little, you get money and you save it, and then you get enough money to afford things so that you can pay the big costs when the costs come. Uh, I've talked a little bit about how, at the moment, I am in this situation in life where I don't have a job that pays me regularly. I, don't, I mean, I don't really have a job, so it doesn't pay me at all. Uh, and the way, that, the way that I'm managing to survive at the moment is because when I did have a job, that we were saving money. And so, um, so a lot of the way that we are able to eat is because there's money that's been put away for when things go wrong. So for, for you guys, the way that you keep following Jesus is by your spiritual savings and you make investments into your life so that when hard times come, you can withdraw on them. And the way that you do that is by the things that you do daily. That you spend time reading your Bible daily. That you spend time praying daily. Not because as you read your Bible, you become a better person. But as you read your Bible, you spend time with God and you renew your faith in Him. You renew your relationship with Him. As you do that, it will strengthen you to follow Jesus. And not just what you do uh, as you read your Bible, but that you spend time with other Christians. That you keep going to youth group. And you keep going to church and if you've got a lunchtime christian group at your school you should go to that because as you spend time with other christians not every time you go to church or youth group or anything else that you're going to come away going like that was amazing but as you do that you build your relationships and you are encouraged and you're able to keep following jesus i can guarantee you if you stop doing these things you will stop following jesus if you do not keep going to church and if you don't keep going to youth group you will stop following Jesus. If you don't spend time in God's Word and you don't spend time in your relationship with Him, you will not grow as a Christian. These are the things that you do to make deposits, to make your savings, so that when hard times come, so that when your friends turn against you or your relationship with your family goes bad or you have to make a hard decision about putting to death sin in your life, or or when you when you face mental illness or physical illness or anything that might make you want to turn your back on jesus that you have these savings to draw on so that you can keep following him my question to you is where will you be in 2028 where will you be in 10 years time will you still be following jesus Now, I don't think that only 10% of you are going to still be following Jesus, but what I have seen in my time doing ministry, that in 10 years, about 50% of young people drop off following Jesus. Which 50% are you going to be part of? If If you keep doing these things, if you keep praying, you keep reading your Bible, you keep spending time with other Christians, you keep trusting that God has you, then you can keep doing it. You can see it through. And in 2028, why don't you come and find me? Don't actually come and find me, but like, you know, find me on Facebook or Instagram or whatever thing we've got going on then, like maybe just telepathy from the government. like, I'm still a Christian. I'll be like, bing, hey. But it'd be great to hear from you. Be like, I stuck at it. Go home and make a sign and stick it on the toilet door or, the, or put a reminder on your phone or do something to say to you, i got to stick at it with Jesus. And the truth is, all those things that you do, as you do them, they work in harmony uh, with God, the Holy Spirit who lives in you. Because you don't have to do this by yourself. It's not you that gets you across the finish line. It's as you do these things, God works in you and strengthens you to keep following Him. Jesus doesn't just want starters, he wants finishers, And he has given you everything you need to do it if you will take advantage of it. He's given you his spirit. He has given you his word. He's given you your relationship with him. He's given you other Christians. The question is, will you use it so you can keep following him? All right, the next bit that Jesus tells us is the story of a king. And he, he says this, or well, suppose a king is about to go to war against another king when he first sit down and consider whether he is able with 10,000 men to oppose the one coming against him with 20,000. If he is not able, he will send a delegation, while the other is still a long way off and will ask for terms of peace. In the same way, those of you who do not give up everything you have cannot be my disciples. This is basically Jesus saying the same thing as before. Before you do something big, you've got to count up the cost. Because if you can't afford it, don't do it. Uh, When I was uh, in year six, when I got to year six, my parents were like, all right, you are now old enough to go out by yourself if you want to. And so I went clubbing every night for, no, that's not true. I (laughs) I went out with my friends and we would go out like on the weekends, we would go to the city and go to the movies, which was a big deal. We'd catch a train into the city and then we'd buy some Maccas, then we go to the movies, then we catch a train home. And that was like the best way to spend a Saturday. And if you ask me, that's still the best way to spend a Saturday. I do that very regularly. Anyway, when I was in year seven, so I was still pretty new to this whole thing. There was one day that my friend and I, we caught the train to the city. We bought ourselves a Maccas meal. We watched a movie. I'm not exactly sure what movie it was because it was a very long time ago, but we finished and then we were walking out of the cinema. And if you know the cinemas on George Street in the city, that's where we were uh, walking up George Street towards uh, the town hall train station. We were going to walk past KFC on the corner, but we hadn't yet made it there. And I was walking this way and there were these two guys walking the other way and they were both uh, probably a bit older than me. Like they were teenagers, but maybe like year 10 or something. And one of them bumped into me. And so I turned around and looked. My friend kind of kept walking. He didn't notice. And the other guy was like, want to start something? I was like, no. He's was like, are you sure? I was like, yes. He's was like, got any money? I was like, yes. He's was like, how much? And then I like pulled out my wallet and I was like, 70 cents. He was like, give it to me. I was like, okay. And then he was like, got any more? I was like, oh yeah, five dollars. And he was like, give it to me. I was like, Okay. He's like, is that it? And I was like, yeah. He's like, you can go. And I was like, thank you. <laughs> and then I then I left. And there was this there was this man who had watched the whole thing happen. He was like, this big guy, and he was wearing a t shirt that said like Sydney Ninja Academy. And I was like, it's a ninja. And, was, and he was like, did those guys just rob you? And I was like, yeah. And he was like, oh, okay. And then walked away. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> You're <in> a <laughs> Yeah. Go and get them." And then I, I made it to the traffic lights and I was like, oh, I just got mugged. And my, and my friend was just like, where did you go? And I was like, I just got mugged. And he was like, should we call the police? And I was like, no, it's $5.70, I'll be all right. But what happened in that moment when, I, when these guys wanted to fight me is I did the calculation in my head. I was like, I'm a little year seven kid who hasn't done ballet, so I am not very strong. And here are two guys who are much bigger than me and have probably been in fights. The only fight I was ever in was when I was five and punched my best friend in the head and we both cried. And like, I, I'm not going to be able to win this fight. So I, instead of fighting them, I paid my $5.70 and that was the cost of losing that battle. I was much happier to do that than to, to do whatever else could have happened at that point. I did the calculations and I realized I couldn't win. And what Jesus is saying here is He's saying when you're going to follow Him is you've got to do the calculations. If you can't afford to follow Him, don't start. Don't, don't bother starting because Jesus doesn't just want starters, He wants finishes. But here is the other thing that's interesting about this passage, is that Jesus is talking about a king, a king who is going to war. And the truth is, the Bible tells us, is that, that we are people who are enemies of a king. And that king is the king of this universe, and that's God Himself. The Bible tells us that we are, because of our sin, we have become God's enemies. And so we have a choice to make in our lives. Are we going to try and fight the king? Are we going to try and stand up to the king and say, I am okay on my own. I will be fine. I may have done the wrong thing. You may want to take me on, but I can take you on, God. I will be fine. I've got what it takes. Well, I don't, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to be mean, but in a fight between you and God... My money's on God. (laughs) He's probably going to win. So if you are God's enemies, then the question is, are you going to try and fight him? Or are you going to be someone who gets the terms of surrender? Will you make peace with him? And the Bible tells us that the terms of surrender, the peace that we need, has already been achieved for us in Jesus that Jesus has made peace for us at the cross if only we will take it. The, The cost of our surrender is our life, that we give our life to Jesus. And because we give our life to Jesus, then in return we get new life, we get forgiveness, we get welcomed into God's family, we get eternal life. That's a pretty good deal. Or you can try and go it on your own and face the consequences of God punishing you for your sin. That's the choice that we have. I would suggest that you you ask for the terms of peace and that you find your peace in Jesus, that He has made for us at the cross when He died and rose again for us. So here we have two things in this passage. One is that if you are going to follow Jesus, then you've got to make sure that you're willing to give up your life, that you're willing to go the whole way with Him. Otherwise, don't bother starting But then there's the second thing is that are you going to try and take God on by yourself? Because if you're not, sorry, if you are, then you've got to be willing to pay that price. Or are you going to surrender to Jesus? You've got two options and they both fit together. The truth is that you can give your life to Jesus. You can find peace with God. And you can keep following Him, day in and day out, if only you will commit yourself to Him. You can be a finisher. You can see it all the way through, if you, will, if you will be people who will pay that cost. The last thing that Jesus says in this passage is this, Salt is good, but if it loses its solidness, how can it be made salty again? It is fit neither for the soil nor for the manure pile, it is thrown out. Whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. And basically what Jesus is saying here is that salt is only worthwhile if it is salty. Salt, unsalty salt is, is useless. Like unsalty salt isn't even a thing. Like it's just rubbish. And that doesn't, it doesn't happen. So the, the point is, if you are someone who is like, I am a disciple of Jesus for 50% of my life, And then I'm done, then you are as useless as unsalty salt. Will you be people who see it all the way through? Jesus has given you everything you need to see it through. He has given you His life at the cross so that you might be forgiven. He has given you His Spirit to live in you and strengthen you. He has given you His Word He has given you a relationship with the Father. He has given you each other. You have everything you need. Will you go all the way? Jesus doesn't just want starters. He wants finishers. If you are a Christian, then the challenge for you is to be people who see it all the way through. Who follow Jesus for the next 10 years. And when I say 10 years... I mean also beyond that, but I'm saying 10 years because if you can follow him for the next 10 years, then you are in a great position to do the 20 and 30 and 40 and 50 and 60 and 70 and 80 and depending how good medical technology is, like 250 or Jesus will come back first. But either way, you have everything you need to keep following him. Will you pay that cost? Be someone who finishes, who doesn't just start. You can do it if you will commit yourself. And if you are not a Christian, then the challenge for you is to count the cost. To say, can I afford the cost of following Jesus? Am I willing to pay that price? But also, can you afford the cost of not following Jesus? Are you willing to pay the price of standing up to God by yourself? My challenge to you is count that cost carefully because what, you, what decision you make here will change the rest of your eternity. But Jesus has given you the peace that you need, and He's given you everything you need to follow Him. I reckon you should commit yourself to Him. I'm going to say a prayer for us. Lord God, we thank You that You sent Your Son, Jesus. We thank You that He counted the cost of our salvation, and He was willing to pay that price. That He did not consider His life too valuable to be given up for our sake and for Your glory. I pray that knowing what Jesus has done, that we'll be willing to pay whatever price it costs to follow Him. Because we know that the rewards are so much greater than the cost. And we know that Jesus has done everything needed so that we might be saved and so that we might be able to continue with him. I pray for my friends here, the ones who have committed themselves to him, that they will see it all the way through. That there will be people who follow him day in, day out for the rest of their lives. That we might be able to hang out together in eternity celebrating you. And for anyone here who still hasn't put their trust in Jesus, that they might weigh up the cost carefully. They might see uh, how good you are to them and what you've given to them and they might trust in you. Pray this in your son's name. Amen.